Episode 124, myself, producer Dante, and we're joined by Pro 105 strongman Bill Kendall. Um, dude, I'm super glad you got to jump in. Um, we didn't have a guest really for this week, and we kind of waited for the last minute. And so I've uh, been meaning to have you on for a long time. We met you, I think, about a year ago. And uh, and uh, yeah, just welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, um, I want to talk about a plethora of things today, but main thing is judging in strongman. So obviously world's strongest man has come and gone. Congratulations. Congratulations to Mitch Hooper. Uh, well, you'll you guys will see it on TV in August or whenever they do it, but congratulations to Mitch Hooper for winning. Um, and I think the big takeaway other than like the competitors and stuff was the judging. Right. And it mm-hmm. feels like, Almost every couple weeks now, obviously, world's strongest man is kind of the pinnacle. So it's going to be highlighted more than anything, but is judging in strongman, right? Um, so I kind of want to just touch on that. And I think it's I think it's something that's going to get a lot of feedback from listeners and just people in the sport. It's something they want to talk about is judging standards. So the circus dumbbell, you guys saw it at World Strongest Man, right? Yes. It went crazy. There was obviously some pretty bad angles that we saw um this happened also at um at the arnold right with the pros there were some i we were all competing actually all three of us in the amateur but um i think there was a decent amount of chatter around some judging oh the the deadlift for the women was the big one right Um, oh yeah. yeah yeah so all these big shows judging's coming up and obviously we've all seen it at the local level too right i mean local level I hate to be like, it's going to happen, but it's almost more like minor league baseball, little league baseball, when you're paying kids like 10 or 15 bucks and like a game to ump behind the plate, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like not to downplay amateur strongman, like at that level. But when it gets to this higher level, it starts to get concerning. Right. And I think one thing, one big misconception, and I'm curious your thoughts on this is just because someone was a really great strongman or is a really great strongman, um, you know, currently in the past, whatever, they're a good judge. And <laughs> I I don't I, I think we're starting to see that the two don't correlate with one another. Um, and we're seeing some really bad calls. And I'd like to just dive in and kind of see like how <laughs> how we can fix it. Cause I hate to be the guy that's like, Oh, strongman judging sucks. Right. And like, well, what do we do about it? And I have some thoughts on what we can do about it and kind of want to get a pro strongman's opinion on it. So, <laughs> um, I will, I will preface by saying if you've never been a head judge at a show, it is extremely overwhelming it's extremely nerve wracking. It's extremely hard. I remember the last show that we did, Frawley literally, like we did the awards and Frawley was our head judge for our show and our winner show. And he came up to me, he's like, dude, judging is the hardest thing I've ever done. Like, 
I remember telling and he, he said he found a new respect for judges. And I tell people that I'm like, once you've judged a show, you'll never yell at a judge again because it's such a hard job to do. And they're nine times out of 10, they're a volunteer. Um, have you ever judged a show, Bill? I have not yet, but I definitely understand, um, you know, you got like 50 competitors at a show that you're judging and, you know, they all have five events and all five events are super important to every one of them. Yes. Right? But you do it, you know, 250 times, let's say right. every event. Yeah, it's that's a really good point. And Bill might have froze again, Dante, but uh, we'll wait for him to catch up. But um, it's. It's something like I remember for Battle of the Bridge, um, I was just kind of like I assigned head judges, you know, and and then I'm like we start talking. I'm like, oh, crap, like we need a lot of training for this. You know what I mean? It's not like something where it's like just because someone does strongman, they're going to be able to just be a good judge. <laughs> so before you froze, what like you made a really good point. And it means so much to everyone, right? Every right. competitor, which it should. Everyone cares from the novice to the really good open guys that have been doing it for a long time. But that judge, 250 calls throughout the day, right? Sometimes more. Like yeah. I've been a head judge at a show where these, like every single person, because it was a really light deadlift on the weight matrix, is getting is getting 15 plus reps even novices, not great deadlifters. So it's like you multiply that by 50, 60 competitors. I'm making like 500 plus down calls. Yeah. I'm going to miss a couple. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it's a, it's a really, really good point from you. And um, it's just, what do we do about it? Right. And actually up there. So you're from Detroit, right? Like outside, yeah, Detroit. Right outside Detroit. Yeah. And Brian Benet, who is the Strongman Corp state chair, and he's a regional chair as well. If you've been to any big Strongman Corp show, the Arnold National, stuff like that, he's probably been your head judge. Um, I actually um, saw that he takes a CrossFit judging class, like a um, – so, so CrossFit for the Open, they require – it's like 10 bucks to get certified to become a judge. And he said he takes it every year to keep his keep his mind sharp on judging, learn stuff, and just kind of be a refresher. And I thought that was really, really cool that he did that. And what I saw from what I what I thought from that when this topic came up is what if the federations, USS, Strongman Corp were held a little bit more OSG, um, were held a little bit more accountable with their judges as we're seeing worse and worse calls, and they have like a train the trainer or a trainee course that you go through to be a head judge. And it's like, you know, the meet director, I understand it would be a little bit more on the meet director. I don't want to say too much, but it'd be a big responsibility, but it's like 10 bucks. Right. And it's a little online course and you go through and it's just like, it adds a little bit of validity to being a head judge at a, at a show. Agreed. You know, do you guys think that's like a feasible thing to happen I mean, it's, I think it'd be a lot of work. I don't know how you would m make it happen, but I don't know. I'm just kind of spitballing and kind of thinking, you know, I think yeah, it'd be I nice. Mean, I don't think asking judges to take an hour long course is too big of an ask at all. Yeah. Right. 
and it's like yeah it makes them i think it's enough buy-in that it makes them give a shit right so it's like hey i'm gonna be at this show i had to go through and pass this 10 question and watch an hour video i think it'd be really cool i'd be all for putting that video together because i do like safety training for a for a living so yeah. i would love to like develop that training but i think it'd be cool because you might have you might have been frozen when i said this but when I first started promoting shows, I was like, okay, this person's good. Does strongman. This person does strongman. This person does strongman. They're going to be my head judges. And I very, very, very quickly learned that doesn't necessarily carry over to being a good judge. And it's, sure. it's not, it's nothing on that person. Right. But it's just, I don't know. You just really have to be dialed in and bought in and, it's like you fantasize over your own iron podiums, whether you're a competitor or a director. And it's like hard to get other people to do that. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you guys, I know I'm really throwing you on the spot, but do you guys have any, like anything that you would think could be developed or implemented to make head judges, I guess, just be better. And I not even just YouTube, but like the listeners, like I'd be really curious because some of our best podcast episodes, almost all of them have been like when there's been like a controversy or a hot topic in strongman. And I just saw it. Everyone posting about it with world's strongest man is like the big one was Evan Singleton, a circus dumbbell from like a kind of like a side back angle. Yeah. And yeah. didn't look good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really bad look. And I've probably used this analogy a handful of times on the pod, but I don't put as much blame on the athlete at all mm -mm. because it's like that. I don't know, Bill, you play baseball growing up. Yeah. So it's like baseball, you know, like you're going, you're, you're in high school, right? Big game. And you're up to bat full count bases loaded guy throws a, a piss missile right down the middle and you don't swing, but the umpire calls ball four games over and you win. Like, you're not going to be like that old dare commercial, like, sir, I touched it. I touched it. You're going to be like, like, you're going to walk to first base and your team's going to win. So yeah. I put a lot more, uh, I, I put a lot more of the blame on the judging. I really <clears throat> do. And like Josh Lancaster had a really good post. If you know who he is, he's an 80 kilo, kind of 90 when he wants to be from Britain. And he's a, he's a big coach. And he said, he said it the other way. He's like, do, do athletes need to be held more accountable and lift to standards? <sighs> it's a good point, but it's like we're doing a sport where whether it's max reps uh, or a max weight or a medley, you're going to be moving maximum effort. So it's, it's easy to say it when it's a 70% dumbbell, like, yeah, I'm pressing it, I'm holding it perfectly locked out but when you're pressing a pr dumbbell are you gonna be able to like leave that doubt you know what i mean so i don't know oh it's I, like it's like when magnus was at the what was it the rogue invitational his controversial with the dumbbell of martins too and then yeah. now with the world's strongest man with that dumbbell it's like also no consistency at, with it at osg when uh, we went and spectated uh, the lane that he judged. Not, not good. Not good. Yeah. Multiple so reps that shouldn't have been given. Um, Dimitar Savatinov actually on the last dumbbell got a down command, but wasn't even looking and like knew that he didn't have a clean rep and he did it again and got a second down command 
Wow. And they like let him do it because he was like, oh, he didn't see me give him the down. Yeah. That's... Like he knew, like, you know, when the competitor knows and they, he didn't even think that there was a chance that he got a down call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's turning out to be Magnus isn't a very good judge. And like, it's yeah. like, you know, I, you can like someone as a person and and respect them, you know, as a competitor and everything, and just but still, on the other hand, say, hey, maybe not a great judge needs yeah. to be trained more, whatever it is. At least for circus dumbbell. Yeah, <laughs> he's already <laughs> in the other events. But... I mean, this is like we just rattled off three very quick examples. Yeah, it's like, I mean, Dante, do you want to talk about uh, what's his name from World Strongest Man this? Uh, this past weekend that there was the call that they the Pavlo thing. Yeah. Did you hear about that bill with Pavlo? He didn't like he like missed like the twenty like the twenty meter mark by like point two meters or something. So they got rid of an entire length. And that took yeah. him down from like first place to sixth place or something like that. Yeah, but I mean uh I saw the rules were posted by someone and it it said, you know, you have to touch the line. And so I mean if you don't touch the line yeah. So that was what half of it like it doesn't Yeah. That's what I was going to ask is so if it if it was a roll I'm perfectly fine with wiping out that carry like 100%. If they're just making up shit on the fly it's like that sucks. Um but if it was a posted roll I have no problem with that at all cuz it's yeah, like Chad Coy posted it in some Facebook group I'm on. Oh yeah, I didn't see that actual role thing, but I just know that was some controversy. I think a few people got hit with that kind of thing. I'm not sure, though, but... Yeah, meanwhile, Mitch Hooper and Evan Singleton are getting down calls on Yeah. Pretty questionable dumbbells. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, like I said, it it's just... It's not a good look for the sport, and I wish there was an easy answer. I think it's just... I don't know. Uh, you just these these huge comps just have to pay more attention to judging, and it's funny because world's strongest man can easily it'll never be on the spotlight to people that aren't us because we care about strongman. We're the ones watching the f- crappy live streams, whatever. But like they edit for TV, right? So like what they'll do is like a bad call. Just it'll never see the light of day. Like you'll yeah. see rep, you'll see like if they got seven reps, you'll see rep four, rep five. Oh, rep six was bad. It'll pan away to the other guy. Then they'll show rep seven, and it'll just never we'll see like angle, maybe. Yeah. So it's. I just yeah. think at that high level of competitions, like the judging should be so standardized, just all the way around. Especially if they're the same judges for different shows. I don't know. That's just my opinion. It's in yeah. our local local shows. I mean, you got like. You can have like three people at your gym and you can have a meeting and just be like, this is what I want to look for. Yep. Well, that's but. so what we did is uh, for our last show and Dante, you were there when we did yeah. this because you were running the live stream. But the night before I we ran two lanes, so we only had two head judges. And this is a, this is like not me trying to be on my high, like a high horse because it's a local show. And it, you know, I, it, I'm sure it's a lot different than World's Strongest Man or OSG. And not the attention to detail that those guys have to do. But we had a meeting. I met Empty Jim, myself. Dante was there because he's running the live stream. And then our head judges. And that was it. Get open, Jim. We had all the implements. And I went through and we literally had a cheat sheet for both judges. 
This is exactly what we're going to look for in event one. This is exactly what we're going to look for in event two, event, et cetera. And I thought we did an amazing job, both our judges, Kate Gutwald and Jason Frawley. And like, they were strict, but they were completely on the same page the whole time. So is that like, we have rules meetings as athletes. Do they have rules meeting? I'd be curious, like how many shows do rules meetings with the judges? Like beforehand, you know, not just at 9.15 before, you know, the show starts. So yeah. I don't know. That's one thing. I don't know if you guys have any other feedback with it or what. Like it's it's hard. I think at like the higher level shows. I mean, I know World Strongest Man is more of a TV show, right? So they want people lifting the heaviest, heaviest weights. Mm-hmm. So if they make some questionable down calls, it might be for that reason. Um, but at like OSG, Giants Live, I mean, Clash, anything like that, or PSL now. Yeah. Uh, I think like a challenge system would be cool, um, you know, because presumably everything's being recorded. So if I don't know, you know, if you don't get a rep that you think you should have gotten, like show the video to three judges, you know, not not the one that did or didn't give you the down command, but like three neutral judges, they vote on it kind of powerlifting style. Yeah. There's an example too. I don't mean to interrupt, but like, like what happened to me at nationals, like the, like the thing broke off in the sandbag, and they really didn't have a plan for that. Yeah, like it's something like judges could have a meeting. Like if there's an equipment failure, could we like average certain times or figure a different method besides just like doing it again? I mean, doing it again is a perfectly viable reason, but there could also be an alternative possibly. And Bill just said something. I'm so happy he said it because I was going to bring it up and I forgot to write in my notes because I was running around all day. I'm so happy he just said it. You mentioned like powerlifting. That's the best point on this pod. Okay, look. So a circus dumbbell, look at powerlifting, right? Squat, bench, and deadlift. They have three judges, one from each side and one from the front, right? <clears throat> For strongman, we have one judge. And you're expecting, so this is where I do have the judges back, is you're putting a lot of pressure on one individual versus potentially two or three that you could use. For a max lift like circus, why can't we have two or three judges? I think that is a really, really, really good idea that I was thinking about today when I was talking thinking about this episode. Because I'm, I'm standing in front of you, right, Bill, and you're doing a max effort circus. I'm not going to see your sides. I'm not going to see your back. You're expecting me to see a 360 perfect lift all at once perfectly, only from one angle. So I'm curious what people think about that. Add multiple judges for like, especially for like a max, you know, make sure it's done to the standard. We have a, this big um, five, five, what's the new deadlift that everyone's going for? 505. Why not have three judges for that? Powerlifting has three judges for a max deadlift. You know, for Thor's and Eddie's, to my knowledge, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, they have one head judge, right? For mm-hmm. Eddie's. So yeah. how do you see if it's soft knees from the front? How do you see if it's cool? Like if I'm standing at the side and I'm not all the way locked out with a suit on or whatever, you might not see it from the front. It may appear how someone's built that it's locked out and it's just not. And usually I know when I'm watching people, I'm like really just focusing on like one part at a time. So it's like, you might be focusing on the lockout on the top, like the shoulders back, not like someone's knees, like you said. Right. So, so like extra judges could indeed uh, 
I think it could pay off. Yeah, you're expecting someone to make to be looking at an entire person in a split second, and it's only one person. I mean, I think that is like a really, really, really good point and good idea for judging because you got to – now, how do you do it? I don't know, but I'm bringing the idea to the table and curious what other people think in regards yeah. to it. So I'm really, really glad you said that. I think it'd be pretty doable on a max lift, but like the circus dumbbell ladder at OSG last year, I think having three judges for that would be pretty tough and weird. <laughs> all them walking in unison. Yeah, it'd be yeah, it'd be almost impossible. I'm thinking this would be like strictly almost for like maxes, maybe like rep, like reps where there's not like multiple bars or have a second judge and just being having a second judge. So say Dante's deadlifting and and I'm the head judge, Bill, and you're the side judge slash like volunteer and you can communicate to me directly if this person isn't locking out their rep so i can wait an extra split second like you can give me a nod hey lock out because you're at that side and i'm at the front something like that um and i do say this with like i understand these are like lofty goals that may cripple like a local show to the point where like you know you can't have 16 judges at a local show especially if you want them to be like qualified, but it's just ideas, you know, and it, um, I don't it's like the only way the sport's going to grow is with ideas like this too. It's yeah. like, you can't just keep it stagnant. You got to throw some change and challenge into it. And if we want to keep seeing it get better. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. Sure they had three judges at the Arnold pro. Um, oh really? Deadlift. Yeah. Cause I oh. saw like people throwing up flags when I got to go over there for a little bit on the sides. So that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's a good yeah. point. That's cool. But um, no one got like red lighted because of it. So yeah, I don't know if they were just there for, they're just there for optics. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's, it, it's just a really, really interesting topic. And um, I think strongman is like for how new strongman is relative to other sports, like a sport, especially the the recent like burst of strongman other old sports america's past them look at baseball been around for dante look at what year the mlb was uh was founded but the major league baseball in 2023 just made a major role change with the pitch clock and stuff to evolve the game and be better for the viewers and and just the game alike like, you know, strongman could really use that. They could use stuff right. that's going to be better for the viewers. So, like, I don't really ever buy into, like, the, oh, we can't change now because this is how it's always been done. Like, if Major League Baseball is changing and the NFL has role changes with hits and concussions, like, yeah. we can change. Are you a Lions fan, Bill? No, I'm a Bears fan. Oh, Bears fan. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, You know, and another thing I was thinking about, was we're talking about judging is uh i'm curious what your guys thoughts are I, i'll just take the two federations for example nationals right strongman corp and uss nationals for judging strongman corp does so what you guys perfect example you guys are in the same class right and you're say you're in the same flight there's what did they do four or five uh lanes at Erie last year it was four or yeah. so 
you guys are going against your competitors in say sandbag over shoulder, but your judges may be completely different, right? They may be looking for different things. One's maybe a little bit more lenient on a down call on a deadlift on a, you know, the path that the sandbag goes over USS nationals. You don't get to compete against your own class at the same time, because there's like, I think this year they said eight lanes, but like I'm, in a lightweight and next to me, the one Oh fives are going or whatever they have to what 20 and whatever. Mm-hmm. But so you don't get to see what your class is doing at the exact time to maybe get pushed a little bit harder, but you get equal judging. So what would bill as a, as a strong man, what would you prefer? Hmm. Um, I think it depends maybe like how many people are in the class. Okay. Because if you're rocking like a 50, 60 person class and you all got to go through the same judge, yeah. I just don't know if I could deal with it. I mean, like, you don't even have a chance to keep track of what everyone's doing. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I don't know. And I also just like going in a heat with people in the same class. Right. That's That's kind of my thoughts. Like, I like to be... I like to be pushed. Like think about the farmers at the Arnold. Like you see someone like out of your peripheral or, you know, they're like right behind you You get to the turn at the same time. It's like, how much does that motivate you? But on the other hand, how many was the other lane getting super quick down calls was the lane. So it's like, I I have never done one, like a big show where I don't get to go at the same time because I've been primarily strongman corp. I'm doing USS nationals in a month. So I'm excited to see what it's like the other way around. Like I, I'm really excited. I think I'll have more of an opinion after. Yeah. What's your opinion on it, Dante? Um, I personally, I'd, I'd rather take like a strict judge and give other people loose judges. I'd like going against people. Like, like if I'm in a farmer's race and I see someone like on the peripherals, like catching up, like that, that would just, inspire me to do a little faster rather than just like you know going after someone's like oh i have to be 13 seconds on this i'll have to try to push myself a little bit i don't know that's just personally my thoughts and um i don't know like I've, i'm looking at the uss roster now and some of these classes have like you know 30 maybe 40 people in the class possibly and i'm just like thinking you'd have to stay really warm during that wait especially like if you're yeah. towards the end so like I don't know, it's like a double edged sword almost in the same way. But yeah, it's like you me, want me it to personally, be... I'd rather just you know just have like five or six lanes of the same people and just get it done with. It's easier, like Bill said, it's easier to keep track of. Yeah, like you can like if you're in the first heat, you can watch every heat after you, and it'd be done in seven minutes. Versus like I'm looking at the roster now too, and there is a class. What class is this? The men's two twenty is huge. Men's 220 has nowhere short of of literally, am I wrong, like 80 people? Let me look. I'm putting it in sheets. Dude, Man. they have so many. I mean, lightweights have, the 181s have 40. Um, They have 69 people. Dude, 69. Look at the 275s. They got to have at least 62. So, I mean, I mean, it is. If you're going last in that group, you got at least an hour and a half. Yeah, and it's like. When the first guy in your class goes, you have at least an hour and a half before you're up. Dude, at least, yeah. And, yeah. 
And you're probably standing in line, right? Because they put you in that order the whole day or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think I'd rather just have someone have a less strict judge than me. They have se- se- 74. Well, I mean, like at that point too, it's like, you as an athlete know the rules, like, you know, you're supposed to get in the sandbag to your shoulder and wait for the down command. So like the rules are still pretty much similar. You might just like get like half a second off a down command. If that, that's just my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I might be looking into it a little bit too much. I think I'd rather go all at once with my, you know, with my group and it just it feels like it has that bigger show feel so yeah. yeah that's a that's a lot to to unravel right there with the judging uh i think that's like a really big topic and i think it could be a, a topic on this podcast for four weeks in a row and you did i, th- I think it'll be cool if we can get like some head judges on one time and like get their opinions on things too yeah that's a really good point because I, I know how stressful it is. I really do. Yeah, because we're just talking from the outside looking in. We don't actually get like the behind the scenes of like the pro big top shows or whatever. Yeah, you know? right. Right. Yeah. You can get Magnus on here and grill him. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, that might be in the works one day. We never know. He reposted our pod before, which was yeah. like, super, super yeah. nice of him. So I I, I don't want to really talk shit on him, but it would be Maybe really Ralph fun Jackson. to have him. On. Yeah. Um. So let's just. I want people's I want people's feedback, comments, everything in the judging. Like, because I'm sure we're missing a million things and people will have really good ideas. Um, let's talk about World's Strongest Man a little bit. Um they did you guys see that post that went kind of viral? And when I say viral, I mean viral in our own little weird strongman community that said there was over 30,000 spectators at World's Strongest Man. Mm-hmm. I saw that too. Uh, you see the picture of like the people with like the chairs and like the step stools too. Yeah. So that was, I guess, w- the big, the big thing that everyone said was the. It was cool to be there. Um, I think they found a really winning location in the U.S. in Myrtle Beach because it's a for us like East Coast people. That's like the standard like middle class family vacation spot. I think like everyone's been on vacation in Myrtle Beach. I know I have like 10 times. Um and I think it was just it was just a good a good meetup spot. But yeah, Dante, that was the thing. The pictures went viral in our niche community, uh, of people standing on ladders and chairs and on each other's people's shoulders and yeah, they watching. said the hardware the hardware stores were the biggest winners that weekend. <laughs> yeah. And like it, it it's just I wonder, do you guys think that they just weren't prepared for that many people or like, cause you would think they would be able to build like, it doesn't need to be like super expensive stadium, right? You could think they could get like those like temporary, like aluminum bleachers, right? Like I'm sure a company could come out and set those up and at least set up like a couple thousand seating, like around where the people are going to be. Yeah. Or did they already do that? And that just wasn't enough. I want to know how many people were there like last year, like in California and like when it was in Florida. That's a good, good comparison because it seems like I just hear so much chirping about the people now. Just there's so many people and you couldn't see stuff. So I was wondering if, you know, there was that many people on the other shows and just, we didn't really hear about it. Yeah, it was It's weird because I, I don't feel like I've ever heard about it like this. And I don't know. Like, was Sacramento crazy? It didn't. Now, also, the other thing is COVID. Like, did that. 
you know, did that play a part in the last couple of years? And now we're just being reminded everyone's finally like back out and just like full bore. Maybe that's something about it too. But like you see these shows overseas and you're like, like man, like they sell out like, like arenas for giants live and everything. Yeah. And people did have, people did have like, uh, I was, ta- I can't remember who I was talking to, but they were like in Britain, it's a lot smaller to, dr- and it's like, it's like us driving to like Detroit, like to go mm-hmm. across like as far as like the farthest <laughs> spot away. So it's like, everyone can kind of like get together and like make a weekend of it when it's like Myrtle beach is, you know, 16 hours from like Texas, you know, and that's only half, you know, so it's, it's just maybe that just cause America's so big too, you know, I, I don't know, but just it, I see these these shows and you see these sold out arenas and it's like it's freaking crazy and you're like Myrtle like World Strongest Man which is the pinnacle is on the street in Myrtle Beach and people are standing on ladders you know like right. it's it's just weird I don't know I don't know it's also always weird to me that world it's always been weird to me that World Strongest Man's outside it is like, kind of weird I I feel like no one ever like thinks about it because like. Like it's never in like a big convention center or something, and it's probably something with TV as well. That I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think people just want to see like people at the beach lifting heavy stuff. It just makes for good TV at that point. Yeah. yeah. So would would you guys? Let me ask a kind of random question. Would you rather World Strongest Man go like we? It's obviously not on TV, and we can't really consume it, and it's like in a real capacity because it's not live streamed, which I which I understand. Um. Would you rather have it like it was last weekend where we all know what happened? We could follow all these spreadsheets very easily. Or would you rather it go back to like a third world country like they used to do it? And it's all kept a secret until like August or, you know, whenever it actually comes out. And you actually like we all get to like people watch like love is blind and stuff. And we all get to hang out and wait for that TV episode and hang out and like meet up and go watch it together. Which one would you guys rather have? I think it would be cool to do it that way, but also, like the results would get leaked regardless. So yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like <laughs> also like yeah. yeah, either that or interest might get lost because there's going to be like you know Giants Live or the Shock Classic coming up, and it's those shows are almost equivalent to World's Strongest Man at this point. So it's like interest might get lost at that point. It would yeah. be co- it would be cool, maybe like not wait till August, but like maybe yeah, like a couple true. weeks later, like they'll release like the heats, like maybe like even three to four weeks after I'd be okay yeah. with that. If they, if they could get it out within like six weeks and like, there was a way for it to not be leaked. Like you had literally had like contractual obligations. And I think that would be amazing to just watch completely. Cause it's like, I love Strongman as much as anyone. And I'm not going to prioritize watching these like qualifying heats and even the main, the finals on TV. And that sucks because they put out such a good product. And I, I used to be such a, like, a year and a half, two years ago, I was like, they should be able to live stream it. But I completely understand now. Like, I really do get it. They get, they have such a, t- like, so much monetary value in their TV contract that it's like, I get it. I think Colin Bryce said on the one, he was on a podcast or he was in an interview in some format. And he said, to recoup the money 
to forfeit their TV contract, they would have to charge $2,000 per live stream to recoup how much money they make off the TV deal. So it's like, dude, yeah, I get it. I get it. Like that live stream contract, that contract, that must be old contract, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I'm sure it's like a, like a lease or something where it's like five, 10 year deal, but like, uh, it's been going since we were little and watching it on like, remember when it used to be on like ESPN on Christmas and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, we used to watch it in Grandma's on, house. Yeah, I think it's it's on CBS now, right? CBS, yeah, it was ESPN, right. CBS. So Arnold's going to be on CBS uh, tomorrow, I think. Oh, that's Oh, awesome. really? I got an email from Rogue saying to watch it. That's, that's awesome. sick. That's sick. It's, um, yeah. You know, I, another thing I'm curious about is like Dante just said is the rogue and, um, Shaw classic and stuff are as big as, you know, almost as he didn't say as big, but almost as big as world's strongest man. Now, what do you, what do you think about that bill? Yeah. I mean, you know, to like the casual just watches occasional strong man, you know, non-competitor. World's Strongest Man is always going to be the one thing they've probably heard of. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, just the marketability of uh, winning World's Strongest Man is yeah. greater than any other contest you could win. But, you know, other comps are paying more and, like, hold more prestige, I think, in, like, competitors' eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, That's that. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, so where I'm at on it is I think World's Strongest Man is and for the foreseeable future will be the pinnacle. And I look at it as the pinnacle. And I think if you would ask athletes what they'd want to win, like in that open, I think they'd be lying if they didn't, if they picked any show over World's Strongest Man. I really, really do. Like, I don't think anyone's going to pick Rogue. I don't think anyone's going to pick um, Shaw Classic yet or anything. I think we're at least 10 years from World's Strongest Man not being the pinnacle. I think what – and I'm not even saying it has the best athletes because I think there's just so many freaks that pop up. Like, what's – Tom Evans. Mm-hmm. Like, he got The, Stol- the Stoltman like, killer. Yeah, like, he's he's a freak. And, like, there's so many guys like that out there. And um, what's his name? Um, I can't – I'm such a bad – strongman podcaster but rag what's his first name matt rag. Matt, matthew rag like dude he's a stud came from osg this year uh remick right like all these guys and it's like that for every class but i think where world's strongest man loses it a little bit with that all that being said i think it's the pinnacle i i really do is there is no defined way to get there and they'll say there is I think they're full of crap. I don't think there is. I think it's like when you're inviting guys that you know aren't going to make the finals, but they're TV guys or guys that are just popular. And I have all the respect in the world for those guys. But it's like if Big Z wanted to compete this year, they would have let him compete. Yeah. They 100% would have taken that spot from Matt Rag and gave for it to sure. Big Z. And Matt, there's not a strongman comp in the world that big Z can beat Matt Raggett now. You know what I mean? So right. it's like, that's the stuff that gets, I know like the Robert Ober stuff rubbed people wrong for so long and he's not really around anymore. Um, <laughs> but like that, that stuff, you know what I mean? And it's, 
I'm not, I'm not talking shit on anyone. I just, I think that's where world's strongest man does lose people because they go for the flag more than they go. And to be honest, I think that's how OSG is sometimes too. Like for us amateurs and I mean, one of fives are, can be pros and stuff like that, but is these international comps instead of host, instead of going for the best, we hunt for flags sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I mean, I'm an American. I'm biased. I'm curious what people from other countries say. But eh. like what Bill said earlier too about like going for flags. Sometimes it's like if you're outside looking in, and you just like you don't know anything else besides the world's strongest man, basically. So you see like different countries being represented. So like statistically, you're like, oh, this guy must be one of the strongest people from South America. Realizing that like you know, there's three people in someone's local gym that could probably beat them. Oh, I, I 100% get it. That's a great point. I 100% get it. Yeah. Because, you know, if they're on CBS or ESPN, there's going to be millions of people that watch. And only a small percentage really care like us, where we're just dorks and we love this sport. Where we're like, oh, Matt Rag's better than Big Z. Like, <laughs> But, like, the mom, dad, uncle, sister watching, if there's – how many people get invited to World Strongest Man? 30? Yeah, 30, I think, is uh, 25 or 30. 25, I think. It's five groups of five. Yeah, five groups of five. So, like, if out of those 25, 19 were Americans, and you're watching, to Dante's point and to your point, Bill, it's like, oh, this is kind of like America's strongest man because 19 of the 25 are from America. Yeah. So it's a hard problem to fix, and it's like, you know, I don't know. I don't know everyone has got to get stronger unfortunately yeah it's like even if i think i think honestly though as a competitor it makes you a better competitor if you're in america and there's maybe quadruple the people trying to like qualify like at a regionals or something Mm -hmm. because you're going against better quality and stuff like that so i think that's why like if you look at the arnold my class was four out of four americans and we had Mm -hmm. nine countries um so it's like you know i think that's why you see that type of result because the competition level is so high and i get it in some of these places like in asia and they just don't have it yet like and i hope the sport continues to grow and they do have it and have regionals and stuff like that down the line we're just not there yet but i yeah. but like i said i hope the sport grows it's just a just a first world problem as me as a competitor For sure. um, you know what I mean? But, but I think it, it I think it has grown in the short amount of time we've been a part of it and it's been crazy. I mean, yeah. It's been doesn't, crazy. Doesn't like, winning OSG as an open get you an invite to World Strongest Man? It does. Yeah. There yeah. are de, there are defi- I guess I should I guess that's a really good point, but like I should have said I misspoke. There are defined ways to get there. You win OSG, um and uh, I don't know, but there are other there are other paths. Yeah, I think if you like podium a Giants live show, but yeah, you have to like podium OSG to get invited to a Giants live show officially. Yeah. So it's like okay, so maybe there's like 15 qualifying spots, and then they reserve the right to invite 10 extra guys, and then it's like, how did those 10 guys get the invite? Right. I guess is more what I was trying to say. So that's a really good point. I'm glad you fact checked me on that. Yeah. Um, but the actual the actual competition of World Strongest Man, we talked, we complained to spectators about the bad calls. Um, which 
I think we need we need to be critical of the sport if we wanted to continue to get better. I really do. Um, but let's talk about the actual competitors because it was a really impressive. Thought it was a really impressive show overall. Like the competitors, I think honestly, minus Martins Lisi's, it was a really really stacked class like of world strongest man this year, and. Every year you have the dark horse. Last year was Mitch Hooper made it out of the finals and no one knew who he was. And then he won this year. This year was Matthew Rag, right? Um, mm-hmm. And some other guys really showed like, hey, I belong here regardless. Um, did anything stand out to you guys? I mean, Hooper's amazing performance. Novikov continues to be Mr. Consistent at that Stol- level. So no one's talking enough about Stoltman just dropping that shield. Oh man, what a moment! So, yeah, I saw that video, Hooper. Yeah, like that turned me into a Hooper guy for a little bit there. Like I, I'm American, not rooting for the Canadian. Um, I was rooting for an American to win, but like, dude, that was an awesome moment for Hooper. And also, like, I wonder what Stoltman was thinking. You know, like, I mean, like. If you turn around and see someone doing that, you're thinking they're going to drop it right away. Yeah, I think, I think people are just underestimating Hooper's like resiliency. Just yeah, to, like, that to grit. keep going. Yeah, yeah, that grit. But it's also like, I mean, it's hard to say because we've all done lifts and they might look easy on camera, and like like Stoltman's looked like he had a lot more, which I do think he did. But maybe he was done. But it did look like he was just kind of like carrying it and being cocky and like threw it down. Maybe he was done or he felt a twinge or something. I haven't heard anything from anyone, but I was so happy to see Hooper catch up to him and beat him on that event. Like that was sick. And that was a huge mental, like that was, that was a mistake by Stoltman for sure. Just a huge error. And I, did he end up, what were the final three? Was it Hooper, uh, Novikov and Stoltman or Hooper, yeah, Hooper Stoltman, Novikov? Hooper Stoltman Novikov. So I guess like all the talk about it's funny how stuff in sports, like it's like, oh, this is the next goat. He's never going to lose because it went from Stoltman like Novikov. What was that? Four years ago now. That was 19, wasn't it? Yeah. Had that huge win. Right. And I remember everyone saying like, is this guy going to be unstoppable now? Cause he won in such a crazy fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Stoltman comes along and, and does win two in a row. And he's this obviously huge human being and crazy. And um, people are saying, oh, Stoltman's going to get a three-peat, never going to lose again as long as he wants. And now Hooper comes in and wins in a pretty – I mean, it was a good show, but wins in a pretty dominant fashion mm-hmm. with you, as much as you can really. And now people are saying, oh, Hooper, how many times can he win World's Strongest Man? So it's like – yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Hooper's like the freshest into the sport. I feel like, like least amount of time to win. Mm-hmm. Man, for sure. Yeah, Clayton had a really good point. Um, we talked to Andrew K- Clayton last week on this pod, and he said Hooper is so young and so green to the sport that it gives him such a huge advantage versus Kilius Koski. If I'm, however the hell you say it, <laughs> Mateus, mm-hmm. he. Had a really to, to he's at world's strongest man. Like, don't want to knock the guy, but he had he he performed below what people thought he would, right? Like, I thought a lot, think a lot of people thought he was gonna go to the finals, did not, had a pretty bad showing to what people thought. 
And Clayton said he's been in the sport for so long. It's like this is where it starts to build up, especially doing it at that level, you know, and these guys are, you know, just all the stuff that attributes to it. So, like, Hooper can come in and be so fresh and be that dog, like, on the shield carry and stuff like that. So, I don't know. what What's your guys' thoughts on, like, Hooper? Where, okay, let's say it's 2023, 2028 World Strongest Man. and five World Strongest Mans, how many titles does Hooper have? I think as long as he stays healthy, dude, he, he just seems like he takes strong as like a whole different approach to like what other people do. Like he's more like scientific. It seems, I don't know, just the way he talks and the way he articulates, like how he eats and trains. It just, it just seems like he like has a whole different approach on it than like other people's like, cause I, I watch all these guys on YouTube all the time. So it just seems like he just has a different strategy. It seems, I don't know. It's hard to describe yeah. it. He's kind of have to like watch. And that's, I just kind of like see how he compares to other people. Yeah. He's definitely a smart guy. His is master's in kinesiology. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'd say masters or doctorates in this stuff. So I think it's uh it's obviously a new wave in in strength sports. It used to be, you know, just eat as much as possible. And you've seen like in guys like Brian Shaw, who it's he didn't win his fifth, obviously, but super impressive how he did, in my opinion. And if you think, he, had, I think in, he was injured, wasn't he? Didn't he have like cellulite or something? He had that that leg injury that he posted, but I don't know when that was or whatever, but, but like to see Brian evolve where at one point, I think he was like four fifty, Right. Mm -hmm. And then, then he himself said in interviews as the sport has changed as like NFL, MLB, all these sports do, he got, he got leaner and got faster and more athletic. So it's kind of cool to see the sport change a little bit and not be like, you said you said like Hooper's more scientific and and stuff like that, and it really felt like this world's strongest man this year was kind of a passing of a torch from the old to the new. I don't know if you guys felt like that too, with like Felix retiring, Shaw retiring, um, and just kind of like these new guys coming in, and it's like, hey, this new class is going to be. I think this new class that we've got, they'll always be like that one dark horse, but I think this one, this new class is like that. 15 guys is here to stay for the next 10 years. And uh, I think that's a really cool moment in sports where we get to kind of witness that, like that Michael Jordan to Kobe to now LeBron type, um, you know, mm-hmm. handout, you know? So, yeah, I don't know what, any crazy thoughts, anything that stood out to you guys? I mean, Dante, you said the shield carry, but about worlds. Um. Do you see Mitch Hooper's post of that 342 pound dumbbell? Oh my god, dude. Cleaned it. The thing was like so insane. Were they someone had someone had a post that they thought if that dumbbell got pressed, it would be more impressive than the 505 deadlift. I 100 percent agree. Mm -hmm. I 100 percent agree. Dude, when you have a human. Look up, look up Mitch Hooper stats, Dante, the height and weight and stuff. Mitch Hooper, that video, I, I want everyone to look at it if you're listening. Cause Bill, I had the same exact reaction. Six, three, three, 20, six, three, three, 20, 99.999% of the time he walks into a room or a stadium or something. He's the biggest human there. This dumbbell looked so big <laughs> and so over, it looked like a Husafel stone. Like he had to, he literally had to hug it like a Husafel, yeah, and like shoulder it like a sandbag or a stone, 
just to get it up there. Yeah, that was insane. But I'm glad you brought that up. That was it's super impressive that he even cleaned it. Dude, <laughs> he did it after the the um, qualifying round too, because they have like that day off to like go play with implements before the finals. Like, yeah, super impressive. And that was one of the first times in strongman I've been like legitimately like overwhelmed looking at something. I was like, holy shit. Like this dude's huge. And this dumbbell is enormous. That's, that's funny. That stood out to me too, but it wasn't even in the show. What was the, what was the highest dumbbell they got up to three, Three, I think uh I think 320. Yeah, 320. Did anyone hit the 320? I think what did Hooper get his call on? Whatever that was was the best, right? Yeah, that was what, or 320. Yeah, that was what won. Whatever Hooper, whatever Hooper hit on that. I'm sure Dante will get it here in one sec, but yeah, dude. I had the same exact thought. Like, what what's the heaviest? What was the heaviest circus dumbbell at the Arnold, Bill? Do you know? Um, Lucas Hatton almost hit 300. He was real close. Yeah. Like, yeah, all those guys, like those top like five guys fell out at like 288 or whatever it was. Yeah. It was I'm like not a, sure what the final weight was. Like, yeah, there was like that jump. Hatton made it look super easy and then he got real close to 300, but missed. Yeah. Dude, that sucks so bad because I was leaving because it was all live streamed. And then we found out the circus wasn't live streamed. And like that was, but the other two events were really cool. Enjoyed watching you guys. For sure. I guess, I guess too, let's, let's talk about you a little bit as a competitor. Cause we kind of <laughs> just jumped in, like, just like you're a normal, I love when people can just jump in and like be a chair on the podcast, but you are a pro strongman. You won your pro card at um, Erie nationals, 2022. Yeah. Uh, you got second place in the 105s, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so congratulations on that, obviously, as Good being a pro. So how much do you get recognized now as a pro strongman? Oh, man, pretty minimally. You got to live in like where I met you, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but um, it is, honestly, dude, that is like super – it's such a like cool honor to be able to say that and like – I know one thing I really respect about you and you become a buddy in the sport is that you, you've been, you've been outspoken about PEDs Mm -hmm. um, about, and like, not in a, I I like it because you don't do it in like a condescending and like dickish way where it's like, Oh, I'm natty, all this stuff. But like, I I just think it's cool that you've taken the path to stay natural because just because personally I have as well. And if people want to do whatever people want to do, that's who am I to judge? But just internally, like I've had that debate with myself and to stay natural and like for you to be kind of like a spokesman for it, but still win your pro card in a like crazy competitive class that the one Oh fives is. I think that's so admirable. And like, what, what place did you get at the Arnold? Second as well. Second as well. So So, if I didn't win my pro card at nationals, I would have won it at the Arnold, which is cool. Yeah. Which is really cool. So I what was it like to so I, I didn't know you until nationals, like mm-hmm. really. Maybe we had messaged or something. I it's you know, but what was the biggest show you did prior to nationals this year? Um last year? Yeah, yeah, last year. What was the what so like I guess just like 
give a little bit of background of like you in Strongman. Like, when did you start? And like, how did all the like, how did it lead to getting to Erie to win your pro card? I guess. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, in like 2020, when all the gyms shut down, I I had like watched Strongman before, but I wasn't you know doing any Strongman lifts or anything like that. I was just kind of going to the gym for fun. Uh, gym shut down. My roommate and I started buying equipment off Facebook Marketplace, and we needed horse stall mats so that we wouldn't like fuck up our garage because we were renting. And uh, I went and bought one, and I pulled up to this dude's house, and there's like five guys out running a yoke in the street, and this is like, you know, March or April of 2020 when like they said you shouldn't leave your house. <laughs> so it was like, Oh shit, people hang out. Like, yeah, dude. And you know, I recognized it and I was like, Oh, you guys do strong man. And this dude's like, yeah, you want to come see my garage? He's got like decked out garage full of strong man shit. And I was like, Oh, this is pretty dope. And he's like, yeah, do you want to come work out sometime? And so at the time I was uh, serving in bartending and the restaurant I was working for was shut down. So, I was just at home, like had yeah. nothing to do. That so, is a that is a cool story. Like I did I did not know that at all. Yeah. I didn't know you like, were still like not to discredit what you've accomplished because it actually makes it more impressive, but like how green you are to the sport. Yeah. Like that is crazy, dude. That is incredible. Good for you. Yeah. So you 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 mentioned briefly we're talking about the MLB. You played so you played sports growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I played uh, baseball like up until high school. And then I played football from like sixth grade through the end of high school uh, through a little bit uh, like shot put and disc. Love oh, the thrower. Nice. That was just uh, our football coach like made us. It, it was either if you do don't do track and field, then you have to like come do conditioning four times, <laughs> a week, which I'm like, I don't want to fucking run. I'd much rather just lift weights and throw a shot put so what was your further shot put throw i have no clue i'm <laughs> like freshman and sophomore year oh um so you met those dudes at the garage yeah so COVID. and you know my job was shut down so he's like you want to come work out sometime so like week later i'm going there five days a week to work out um my buddy's name was Dan, and he actually was coached by Andrew Clayton. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I don't know if he still is. He's been, like, on and off with him for a long time. But uh, we were, like, doing his programming, and my lease was ending, and this dude had a house, and he's like, oh, I have a, a room if you want to rent it. <laughs> so I moved in. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, just, like, lived a strongman lifestyle for a little bit. That's awesome, dude. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was like, hey, let's find a contest we could do. And we found one. It was like August of 2020. I did it as a heavyweight. There was no novice classes, so I just did a heavyweight open. And I, uh, I beat one guy. There was three of us. I took second. So, wow. But it was it definitely like it got me hooked on the strongman. There was a semi-truck pull, and it was in a real shitty parking lot. Hell yeah. You know, divots everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. So the semi truck, the starting point, it was parked in a super deep ditch. Like, 
I've seen that at a show too. Yeah. So, you know, I'm the heavyweight guy. We go last. I watch every single person go before me and not budge this semi oh, with man. a lead rope. And so I'm like, well, shit, like my first contest, I'm like, yeah, no way I'm going to move this thing, but I guess I'll try. Mm-hmm. And I fucking, I finished it. Wow. That's crazy. So, yeah. And like, there's a video of, you know, like everyone is cheering because it seemed like something that just couldn't be done. That's crazy. Yeah. So that like that feeling definitely got me hooked. Damn, dude. That's awesome. Um, yeah. What yeah. um you what know, show did you do to qualify for nationals? I did uh the Battle Axe showdown. Oh, okay. In Texas? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. How did yeah, you my girlfriend and I traveled there for it? Oh, nice. So I had done it the year before too. I won it in 2021. I think it was like my that was my second show as a middleweight. Um like my fifth show overall. And then that qualified me for nationals in 2021 where I went and like just placed like middle of the pack on everything. Um, Did you do it as a middleweight? Yeah. Uh, So you went to Roanoke as well? Yeah. Okay. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I didn't do anything notable. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, I was there with Chris. Okay. Okay. uh, So I probably did meet you in 2021. Like yeah. indirectly, like when we were there. Yeah. You guys were with that one real big dude that trains up your guys' way that got his he got his yeah. pro card that year, right? Yeah, Nick Davis. Yeah, he's he's a stud. Yeah. Hopefully he'll be back soon. But he's got a lot of other like good stuff going on. He just oh, like got promoted to head coach of his high school's football team. Oh, nice, dude. After like only a year of working there. So that's awesome. Well, that's really yeah. cool. So he's staying busy, but cool. Um, so, yeah, and then did the Battle Axe Showdown in January of 2022. I took second there, so it qualified me for nationals um, because there was like 20 of us in the class. Yeah. Um, Damn, dude. Yeah. That is impressive. I did not know that about you. We've kind of buried the lead with with introducing you. We're all the way at the end of like kind of towards the end of the episode. I'll, I'll, to add, I'll to add this in the beginning. Yeah, this is, that, that is like a super – that's a, just a, – that's super cool. Cause like I was, you know, like it's just, it's just a cool, unique story of how you got into it. Yeah. yeah for I sure. like that a lot. So what's on the, what's on the docket? What's uh America strongest man in July. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's in a suburb of Chicago, which is where I'm from. So. Oh, nice. Everything's coming yeah. up. Bill Kendall. That's yeah, awesome. Not, not too far from where I grew up. So hopefully be able to like have some friends and family go. And I like the events. Um, yeah. I saw you posted them. I thought those events were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I wonder, so I guess this is just the format moving forward is like 105s and 82s together. Mm-hmm. And then, I guess so. I like it, honestly. I, I like it a lot. I'm excited to have like a smaller comp feeling after Nationals and the Arnold being my last two. Yeah, I wonder how many, how much participation there'll be from the 105s. So like if you're a pro, you are always qualified for ASM, right? Mm-hmm. You can go every year. So there's that whole pool of pros. Yeah. You know, anyone could really show up. And then how – is there a way for other guys to get there? I can't remember. So this year they just gave out invites. Invites. They didn't have like a qualifying thing. Um, but I think all the guys I know that got invites are real legit and definitely – Yeah, that's cool. Wasn't cool. wasn't like the online qualifier last year like real just like 
quick and like no one really knew about yeah, it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't think a ton of people did it. I mean, I know uh, Furman ran it last year. Yeah, like I don't know how they handled that. Because but... I remember Nick Heim being like, he like didn't even like know about her. He wanted to do it, and like he like kind of just like something like that couldn't get in. Or yeah, like he just couldn't. We just I think he found out too late for like the qualifier or something. Yeah. But it's whatever. He like posted yeah. like once on a story, like like and he like reposts like once a week, like at like a one p.m. on like a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how strongman goes. I yeah. guess unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> sucks. The uh, select invites will go out to athletes who have a legit chance of making podium, which like I think is cool. How he worded it, right? Like it's, yeah. And James Deffenbaugh is pretty tied into 105s, and I imagine he has a good hand with it being a strongman corp show. I imagine he has um, a good part of you know the process of it and everything like that. Right. Actually, the guy who uh, beat me at Battle Axe, Alex Sukup, okay. he, he got invited. Oh, cool. So, yeah, he, he asked how to get invited, and I told him to message James, and I messaged James too and was like, hey – this guy definitely deserves a spot if you're looking to give him out. So nice. See that he got it. Nice. So what when's ASM? Uh, July 22nd. July. Yeah. So not to look too far ahead, but you do ASM. Are you gonna be like an OSG? Um, are you gonna look at Pro Strongman League? Um, you know, they obviously were previously clash and they're built on your guys' class to 105. So like mm-hmm. You know, what's uh, what's kind of your just taking it day by day or just? Yeah, I think uh, gonna try and get to America's Strongest Man and you know go from there. Yeah, see how I do there. Um, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I don't. I, I don't like focusing on multiple comps at a time either. So right, especially one of them is like kind of a big deal. Yeah, dude. That's that's really cool. Well, we're rooting for you to win America's Strongest Man, dude. That's yeah. that'd be freaking awesome. That would be nuts. Dante, you got you got to earn an invite one of these years. So I'm gonna get my pro card first, baby steps. Yeah, that's true. Feeling confident this year. If I can just get my invite to Nats, I feel like I can do well with these events. Right. Feel it. I feel it in my heart, Bill. As a yeah. fellow 105, <laughs> I feel it. You like the you like the Nats events? Not really, but I feel like I can do well with them. All right. Yeah, I love them this year, but I'm not I'm not doing nationals again, but. Uh, I, said, I thought so. He says, "I'm not doing nationals again unless I don't get my Arnold invited at like a regionals or something." Because I'm dead set on doing the Arnold. I think like if you win, if you win nationals, like our class doesn't have a pro card system, but I think like once you've been in like the top three, like when you would have won a pro card, I think it's like time to kind of graduate to the next level. Honestly, not yeah. to sound like an elitist, but I just think that's kind of like. I just think there's like bigger shows in world class. Like, yeah, kind of like going from novice to open. It's like, yeah, it's like it's it's kind of the the next step. And I I get it. People might want to just do nationals, but I'm over like that kind of feeling. So I'm gonna do one more with USS, and then um, because I never got to do USS nationals, and there's just a shit ton of people. So I figured I want to try it once. Yeah, but yeah, dude, we appreciate uh, you jumping in so last minute, man. Anything you got to shout me. out? Real quick, did you see uh, Ben Donnan took third at the yeah, European 105 championship? He at a 105, and he tore his abductor, too. 
Yeah, he hit power. a 250 Zercher squat. Yeah, 250. 550 pounds. Yeah, 250 kilo. He looked like, he, I didn't see it. Does he look like he's like put on some size as a 105 yeah. or like? If I translated the one post correctly, he weighed in at 103. I don't know if I translated it right, but in my mind, it made sense that that post, but. I mean, he just competed at the 90s at the Arnold. Yeah. And he was trying to compete at 80. Well, he also just did, he also just did like a world record at 80. Yeah. So I don't know if that's what that, that post meant, but (laughs) I was like, I actually was looking at, I don't know, like, do you know anyone that competed at that show? Um. I don't know anyone personally. There's one guy I follow, Yurit something. His yeah. last name says the K. He won it. Yeah, I'm curious what the level of competition was like for you know for that 105 style, but that's still super impressive, dude. I was like, I saw his log and I'm like, oh shit, only 275. But he then I saw he had a torn abductor, so he couldn't yeah. split it. So, <laughs> That log that they use, I'm pretty sure, is like 13 inches. Yeah, did you see how compact it was? Yeah, super yeah. weird. Yeah, so this post says, uh, in, in French, normally an 80 kilo, and then it says, Ben Donen, Tagdom, A Tente, Une, Competition N, and then it said 103 kg. So I thought that meant that he weighed in at 103 but I have no idea if that's what that means. Is it a post or a story? It's a story. Uh, I was going to say, on a post, usually you can translate. Yeah, this is a story, so I couldn't translate. Hmm. But, but dude, just to be able to show up. Also, it was outside, and they're like farmers, and everything was in the rain. So, like, crazy to, like, be doing that. What's one? What's 150 kilos? Three, 330? Oh, we 330, have 330 farmers, and they were pretty damn fast and strong for him yeah you see how low the handles were so low dude it looks like less than a 13 inch pick yeah it looks like almost a standard deadlift height yeah i'm watching all these right now absolutely crazy but yeah that's that log is definitely a 13 inch log dude that's crazy i'm watching it now too yeah crazy but yeah that was that was a that's a good point too bill um what's next for you josh you got a regional coming up I'm hope so. I was kind of bummed out because I thought uh, D, actually Detroit Brian Benet's hosting a regional, and I thought I was gonna do that, but I have a lot of stuff going on that day. But I was gonna make it happen and try to go win that regionals. But another one just got posted in Kentucky. Okay. Um, it's usually Beast of the Bluegrass, so it's end of July. So I'm gonna hopefully go there. Hopefully, if I can win my win the class so I can get my Arnold invite and then focus on, I guess, OSG and the Arnold. I I really want to, my main focus this whole next calendar year is the Arnold. Cause I was really disappointed how I did at the Arnold this year. So I want to go back and I think it's just so cool competing at the Arnold because I grew up like in strength training, going there and just like watching powerlifting and stuff. So I thought mm-hmm. it was really fun to compete there this year. So I'd like yeah. to go back. It's definitely not like, any other show I've done. Yeah. And better, things are better and things are worse. Yeah. But, but I'll say uh, making the finals is a super cool experience. You got to make that happen. Okay, yeah. It looked like it was cool. That's my like... biggest school, dude. I'm not going to lie. I was like legitimately for like the first time in a long time, like mad 
watching the Ukrainian deadlift when I was driving because yeah. I love deadlifting and it was such a cool apparatus and you guys got to like walk up with your flag and your day two shirts and just like shove it in my face. <laughs> Super. But I had like guys I was rooting for there. Like you, I was rooting for Andrew Hainis in the nineties and like stuff like that. So like, and cheering on the 80 kilo guys out of jealousy, but like also cheering them on cause I like them. So it was like really, really cool to watch you. And I, I like, it stinks like for you. That's the only part about that I'm not jealous about a pro card is like I can keep doing the Arnold. Yeah, you can't. Uh, I can do it as a heavyweight. Yeah, that's true. true. That's um, true. That's been I get a... an automatic invite as a heavyweight. Oh, really? Yeah, as a 105 pro. That's oh, what wow. that's what Camby did. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize that. That's really cool. I never. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Be, I mean, hell, dude, that's awesome. So I yeah. guess you can do it. Maybe in yeah, the future. Dude. And there's ten spots for the final, so you can go and make the finals again. Yeah, Let's I'm sure go. it's pretty easy to do, right? I will say, last thing I'll say before we close it out, that 10, those 10 guys for the finals for super heavyweight were insane. Like, yeah. they had a really, oh, yeah. they had a crazy group. But, man, we appreciate you coming on. I'm sure we'll have you on again here in the future. But uh, I know it was so last minute, so I really extra appreciate it, dude. And, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone, make sure you guys are following Bill uh mainly mainly instagram right yeah is that kind of where you're kendall underscore strongman yep yeah, i'll put the little thingy on your name yeah there. well it'll be it'll, it'll it's on there right now if people are watching on youtube but bill b kendall underscore strongman pro strongman make sure you guys are following them and uh i guess we'll see you guys all next week for episode 125 appreciate you guys peace Thanks, guys.